1: We're going to smoke you up. This is VGC, a video game podcast with me, Jordan Midler, Chris Scullion, and Izzy van This week, we've got thoughts on Assassin's Creed Mirage, Forza Motorsport, Detective Pikachu Returns, and a chance for you to win beta codes for Modern Warfare 3. All that and so much more, but first, how are we doing, folks? Izzy, welcome to the podcast.
0: Oh, thanks for having me. It's about time.
1: You're you're very, very welcome. Um, It's a very busy game week, but it's also a pretty heavy news week, Chris. uh, We're not going to talk too much about last night's absolute robbery, but how are you? Um,
2: I'm fragile. Um, Fragile. Yeah, yeah. it's like I'm I'm very tired, and I've been tired anyway, and that was the kind of icing on the cake because I've been robbed um, in the 95th minute by a team. I think it's allowed to say mainly supported by fascists. I, th- oh, yeah, I don't yeah. think you're allowed to say that. Um that that didn't that didn't help matters much but um yeah that's what it is. Uh, but I, I have was... I have a live review for you here because oh, here we go. you were speaking about this a few weeks ago this Power Brew this new energy drink from no, Iron Brew talking. and you you didn't you weren't didn't speak too highly of it. Um and I thought I I need to try this, so I've never tried this before and it is likely mm-hmm. to be not very nice at
1: all. Okay, um so
2: though, you can people listening on tag. audio can good, hear the crack from crack. it.
1: So here we go. This is Power Brew. This is the energy drink. Iron Brew. Not to be confused with Iron Brew 32. First reaction from Chris Gillian. I don't care for it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> It's not
2: ideal. Is yeah, Iron no. Brew
0: not already an energy drink? Have I just... It's pretty full alone. on already. Yeah, it's yeah. just like
2: a known as a hangover cure.
1: But this, mm. yeah, you could maybe strip paint with this one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the,
1: the strangest thing is, there's like four varieties of it. They've just clearly at the bar factory, they've clearly had a surplus of some kind of yeah. flavouring, and they're like, "What can we do?" With I've, this? I've,
2: I've foolishly bought one of each, and I'm instantly mm. regretting that because oh well, if, the, if, up, if this maybe. is the standard, if this is the the flagship.
1: Um, that's that's TikTok fodder if you ask me. Yeah, <laughs> fun times. Um, Izzy, what's your favorite? Are you an energy drink in uh, imbiber? What's your favorite?
0: Uh, I'm not really, to be honest. But if I have to drink one, it would be like sugar-free Red Bull. Um, oh, sugar-free. Yeah, that's, a- safe, any, that's a safe option. Anything else just gives me just even a even a cup of coffee gives me a gives me anxiety. Just as horrible the way my body reacts to caffeine.
1: Yeah. Mm. Well, uh, I'm still the Montra- <laughs> monster. Ultra Rosa is the uh-huh. current flavour. Uh, yeah, the Monster
2: minus sugar. The, the shape bag energy drink. The, <laughs> sh-
1: <laughs> the amount of Monster I consume, if I was also consuming <laughs> the sugar, a, consuming sugar the, the sugar version, I would be the dead um speaking of gamers let's get into the gamer news story number one cancelled hyenas was quote sega's biggest budget game ever it's claimed this is following up from the news that happened on last week's show that sega had cancelled hyenas and a huge number of folks over at creative assembly were affected in what was kind of the start of a terrible week in the games industry for similar things but new alleged details of the development of sega and creative assemblies cancelled live service shooter hyena have been published including claims it was Sega's biggest budget game ever before the company pulled the plug. The Japanese publisher announced last week that the multiplayer shooter had been cancelled following quote, uh, and sorry, it was cancelled and some unannounced titles under development in Europe. Uh, Developer Creative Assembly had suggested that the game was cancelled due to ambitious plans and high competition in the multiplayer shooter space. However, a new YouTube video by a uh, total war youtuber uh, volu volund we'll say volund um total war obviously is creative assemblies other uh big franchise this has been corroborated by vgc's own sources claims from anonymous developers that a lack of direction disruptive engine change and overly cautious design contributed to its downfall one anonymous developer wrote quote so what went wrong total lack of direction many of the leadership asleep at the wheel but they never seem to lose their jobs an engine change part way through the process attempting to break into a saturated market and not committing to do anything adventurous with the game we'll take a pause there izzy how did this hit your ear were you surprised to hear about this in terms of the mismanagement the the busy space that hyenas would have had to launch into So
0: I am not one of the journalists who ever got to play hyenas. It kind of um I was always aware of it being, you know, an exciting thing in the space. Everyone who's spoken about it seems to have loved it. Um But I think, yeah, in terms of, you know, uh upper management being asleep at the wheel and not losing their jobs for it, that's just kind of a tale as old as time, isn't it, with things like this, you know, you get it just feels that every single year, week, month, day, you know, whatever kind of period of time you wanna use. We hear about another game that's kind of just like, uh, you know, it's a game by numbers. It's like, oh, some exec thinks this is where the money is, so everyone's going to pivot to this. And it's just, it just leads to things that are devoid of passion and any of the artistry that actually goes into, you know, bringing a game to life. And then the sad reality is as soon as those execs get a whiff that, oh, that little cell in the spreadsheet is going to be red instead of green, just cheaper to pull the plug, and then actual jobs get affected and People who are making the things get, get canned. So yeah, I think it's pretty devastating for the developers. And I think it's 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 weird to see a team like Creative Assembly that, you know, is so famous for like the Total War games and things like that, then make Alien Isolation, which everyone loved. I know it didn't sell very well, but like everybody loved it. Probably didn't sell very well because alien games historically have not been good. Yeah. But we had a great one. Why were they not allowed to sort of like keep doing like ip survival horror because there's so many things they could have done in that space that they were clearly fantastic at like instead nope let's just throw them into another you know live service game that's gonna just be a money printing machine for us
1: yeah it's um just going back to the story here um hyenas or project keaton as it was known was greenlit after the critical success but commercial disappointment of alien isolation following which the creative assembly Creative Assembly console team delivered the work for Hire project Halo Wars 2, which is also claimed to have sold modestly. Uh, creative Assembly's management wanted to create a console game with broader commercial potential, with Destiny, Escape from, escape from Tarkov, and PUBG cited as inspirations. Chris, uh, does this smack of companies trying to get on the hot thing, not realizing that in, in five years' time it will no longer be the hot thing?
2: Yeah, 100%. And, and it's like, it's weird because hyenas. Heine should have been the sort of game that I would have been massively interested in because as a massive retro nerd, um, a lot of the kind of the, the plot behind it, which apparently was thrown in by Neil Blomkamp when he turned up one mm-hmm. day and decided, by the way, here should be the plot, is that in the future physical media is massively rare, um, which I love the idea of. And all the concept art shows you stuff like Mega Drives in the background and the little monkey ball <laughs> figurines and stuff. So I should have been well up for that, but for some reason I couldn't bring myself to get massively excited about it and I think it's just because there's so much of it just now like you say, these things sound great five years ago when when they're in the early stages of development but as it goes along and as things don't really take shape the way they should then at some point you either plug ahead and risk losing even more money or you pull the plug there and then and say okay we'll pay no more wages, we're putting no more money into this, into what could be I mean they'll have had the, the analytics from the data from the betas that they've done um and maybe that's caused them to think we're not getting the engagement we're looking for here um this unless we turn things around massively this is a, a dead game walking so we might as well stop it now there might not have been a lot of people playing certainly I didn't see a lot of chat about it when the betas were ongoing yeah
1: it's yeah, it was, it was just so, such a strange situation and obviously it seemed to come out of nowhere for so many people like this is a game that was close to getting out the door as one could be so whatever financial incentive there was to not actually run it um it seemed to have been it seemed to have won out there um as you mentioned uh the in, tw- in 2019 before hyenas had been announced creative assembly's twitter account posted a photo of neil blomkamp uh, visiting the offices according to the sources in this state in this uh, story the district 9 and elysium director was a big fan of alien isolation and his trip to the studio was more than a social visit as he was actually providing feedback in the game's overall direction. Uh, quote he comes to the, to visit the studio and he's shown what we're up to uh, he has some ideas to take the of a direction to take the game in basically that you're not stealing to survive but Netflix, Steam exec doesn't exist anymore so DVD box sets, music, games all that physical media is now super valuable uh, Izzy where does Creative Assembly go from here? do they just go back into a total war box or does this scare companies off from doing big
0: kind of genre changes like yes. this? I mean, the the optimist in me would hope it's allowed to, you know, have their, maybe have their A-team working on the Total War Games, working on what they know works and they know sells and what they're good at, but also still allowing them to have that freedom to do projects like Alien Isolation, which, you know, aren't just there because, you know, as we've all said, oh, these games that were great five years ago, we wanna make that, or like this game that's hot now, we wanna develop that. Because development cycles are so long. If you're trying to chase what's good and popular now, you're going to publish it well past the time the trend is over. Um so I think yeah, sticking with what they know would I mean I'm sure they'd be fine with that. They clearly like making those games, they've got released enough of them. Mm. Um but just actually allowing a team that's got that sort of pedigree to to try new things and to take some creative risks. And hopefully, you know, now that everyone knows, oh, isolation was fantastic, the next weird random game Creative Assembly makes, if it actually, you know, gets out the gate, people are more likely to play, I think.
2: The big shame as well is that the total, apparently according to some Creative Assembly people who went, who went on Twitter and the like, um, there was some like Total War developers were let like, go oh, as well as part of this, because there's like some, and I've seen someone saying like, I'm... I'm I can't remember who it was, but someone at Creative Assembly talking about the situation, basically saying, "I'm I'm annoyed. I'm I'm disappointed at the situation because, but that's how these things go. Sometimes things are managed badly, and then games fall apart. But what really hurts me is the people who weren't directly involved with the game who have been let go as well. Like, and they they name check like some Total War, some Total War people in HR and all that kind of stuff. And it's like Total War's never been a series I've been massively into. Like, I, I played Total War." Attila once and didn't really like playing as the Huns, um, but the 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 um, the, the series is a big kind of fan base, and if if the problems with Hyena have had a direct um, impact on Total War development, that's going to be
1: disappointing. Yeah, um, it's it's honestly, it seems like Creative Assembly is. I don't know why this thought came into my head, right? But if Sega is kind of. Kind of wavering on the Creative Assembly thing, far more focused on the Japanese side. I could see an independent Creative Assembly fitting very, very nicely, and this will go down poorly because people hate uh, monopolies. That's a Microsoft studio. If there's ever been a Microsoft studio, do. mm-hmm. it does PC ass PC games. It does stuff like Halo Wars. Like I think that would be a perfect fit in terms of stuff that you don't take any of this. You don't go and make absolutely everything Xbox exclusive, especially because they're so PC focused, but yeah i I feel like in much the same way that uh square had the realization it's like io are amazing but we have no idea what to do with io let's spin them out it'd be nice to see another story um similar to that um story number two Uh, Just uh, before we get into this, this is a bit of a heavy one. It discusses uh, sexual misconduct, so if you're not into that, skip forward about five minutes and we'll be talking about Nintendo bollocks once again. Uh, Former Ubisoft executive reportedly arrested over sexual misconduct allegations. Five former Ubisoft employees have reportedly been detained by French police investigating allegations of sexual assault and harassment at the company. According to Libration, Three ex-employees were placed in police custody on Tuesday and another two were arrested uh, on Wednesday. Among those detained were former Chief Creative Officer Sergei Haskowitz, who oversaw all of the company's games as head of its influential editorial team before resigning in July 2020 after a significant number of accusations were made against him. Also taken into custody was Haskowitz's right-hand man Tommy Francois, who was the Vice President of Editorial and Creative Services Prior to his departure in August 2020, following accusations of sexual misconduct, the arrests followed complaints that were filed simultaneously in the summer of 2021 by the French trade union Solidaires uh, Informatique, whose two victims uh, on their own behalf. Following the complaint, judicial police reportedly collected testimonies from around 50 current and former Ubisoft employees during the year-long investigation. In October 2021, an anonymous survey of almost 14,000 Ubisoft employees found that 20% of respondents didn't feel "quote fully respected or safe in the work environment," and that 20% (25%) had witnessed or experienced workplace misconduct in the past two years. The study was conducted by a third-party research firm in wake of allegations of sexual assault, uh, sexual harassment, sexism, and racism that summer. Uh, aside from Hascouet and Francois, other senior Ubisoft figures who stepped down or were fired in the wake of the allegations include Canadian Studios MD yanis uh, Malat, uh, global head of HR uh, Cecile Cornet, veteran creative director Maxime Beland, and Assassin's Creed Valhalla creative Dis- director uh, Ashraf Ismail. Uh, Chris, is this Ubisoft finally cleaning house? Uh, this, these kind of things take a long time, mm-hmm. so there were people who think. All this Ubisoft stuff blew up years ago. Why is it only just happening? Can you uh, talk to uh, what this means for Ubisoft? Um, thanks for bringing me back for for a lighthearted one. I should say. Yeah.
2: Um, the, <laughs> the, it's it's hopefully this is good news. It's like a, a lot of times you see these stories, um, and you don't see the follow up on what happens afterwards. And the I think a lot of times the feeling is, well, the stories is, uh, the stories have come out. The people involved have walked or whatever, and now. Now what does it just continue? Like, do we just forget about it and move on? But this shows that this there are actually um, some of these are ongoing investigations, and that uh, it wasn't just here's the Ubisoft story. Now everyone gets on with their lives. That there are actually um, repercussions coming, hopefully for the people involved. Um, it, the, the, I suppose the positive thing is that everyone arrested were ex-employees, um, and that kind of shows that. Um, whether they stepped down or were kind of forced out, the people who seem to be kind of directly, mostly involved or responsible for these things um, don't appear to be um, with the company any longer and hopefully if there are other people of that ilk who are still at Ubisoft, hopefully this news um, is a kick up the arse and kind of shows them that they're not going to be able to get away with this shit anymore and and you would hope that the atmosphere in in the various
1: studios has changed um, since this all kind of came to light. Mm. Um. As he does, us do anything to kind of rehabilitate Ubisoft's image, or is it more a case of we wait five years, we do similar uh, surveys, and see how things have changed?
0: Yeah, I think given how high those numbers were with the employees, you know, what was it, twenty-five percent saying they've witnessed this kind of stuff, and twenty percent feeling unsafe. It's hard for me to imagine that out of fourteen thousand people, only five were responsible. And I think it's pretty unbelievable that you don't see more, you know, like, like CEOs and upper management resigning over this kind of thing. Because, you know, whether they know about it and hide it or don't know about it, both are kind of pretty bad. Like, if you don't know what's going on in your company, how are you fit to run it? And if you do know, and you're hiding it, you're definitely not fit to run it. So yeah, I think it's a shame that, this is just such a prevalent issue sort of i mean like well, in lots of industries but especially the tech and video game industries yeah um i do think it's good that yeah people are actually getting real consequences for this kind of behavior i think it would be good if in the wake of this more ubisoft staff get let go get like fired um because i think you know i it, it seems unlikely it seems unbelievable to me that they would be the only five who were responsible for this yeah. behavior so i think if we saw ubisoft firing more people i think that would show a bit more sort of like that would give me more faith in ubisoft if more people yeah. were like okay yeah as a result of these investigations we've also found out person xyz did xyz so we're getting rid of them i think that would be good whether or not that actually happens i doubt it but um yeah yeah i I definitely think the idea of going doing another survey in like a few years or like a year and seeing how people feel now would be good
2: yeah it's a case of letting go of the people that should go as opposed to letting go of the people they kind of have to yeah
0: Um, yeah Mm -hmm. yeah kick people out because you know they've done this don't don't just wait for them to get found out by journalists or the general public
1: exactly um, I cannot believe that Eve uh, Gilmore survived all
0: this. Yeah, exactly. That's what yeah, I mean. No. Like, <laughs> yeah. The
1: C Suite wins again. One for the big guys, you know. Um, but yeah, hopefully all those people are uh, ruined. Um, I mean, once, once Microsoft so- buy
2: Ubisoft, then it won't be a problem.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, they fixed Activision anyway. <laughs> Nintendo is shutting down online play. 3DS and Wii U in April 2024. One for the gamers, this. Um, The company already closed down the eShops for both systems back in March, but players have been able to continue using the online services in game, such as online multiplayer and rankings. However, as of April 2024, this functionality will be closed, meaning games will only be playable offline. The announcement will particularly impact games with a heavy emphasis on online play, such as the original Splatoon. This is a quote from Nintendo's. Uh, support website in early 2020 in early April 2024 online play and other functionality that uses online communication will end for Nintendo 3DS and Wii U software. This includes online cooperative play, internet rankings, and data distribution. Nintendo says it will allow the specific end date and time. It will announce the specific end date and time of the closure at a later date, but notes that. If an event occurs that would make it difficult to continue online services for Nintendo 3DS and Wii U software, we may have to discontinue services earlier than planned. Basically being like, we can just fucking turn this off whenever we like, we don't give a fuck. Um, Players will still be able to play games offline after online services end, and Nintendo notes that Pokemon Bank will remain, uh, still retain its online functionality. Um... Uh, as this uh, article notes presumably since it's still used by players and uses online connectivity as its central mechanic. Chris as the, the you are uh, chatting on the river sticks of Nintendo destroying its um, online infrastructure uh, how did this make you feel? I mean all I'll say is R.I.P. Dr.
2: Luigi on the Wii U and its yeah. online multiplayer yeah. which is, I maintain and I'm the only person who maintains this that the Dr. Mario games have the best online multiplayer in the world and Doc, Dr. Luigi was the only one that was still going, and now
1: it's dead. We'll be um, doing a, an hour-long memorial podcast when time does come that we have to say goodbye to Dr. I know, Luigi. I know, I
2: don't want to spend too long on it because I know we'll be, we'll be doing it in-depth in the future, so we'll we'll, we'll park that. Um, it, it's always a shame, but I mean, I, I'd like to see the figures on how many people are actually still playing Splatoon 1 um, and, like, Mario Kart 7 on the 3DS. Um, so I, I would imagine not a lot of people are like, oh, no... But it is still a wee bit of a shame that that another functionality of these games um, is going. Uh, Ultimately I think I'm less concerned about it because things like this sometimes have a way of coming back in the future. Like when modders and and the like properly set their mind to it. Like you can play Dreamcast games online again now because people have found ways to create different servers and if you modify your Dreamcast settings you can connect to like a, 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 a a, a private server and still play old games like that so there'll be a way in the future that the online functionality for these games will be turned back on by kind of the public um, so it's a shame but for me the worst thing was when was the eShop closing and the, the, the games themselves disappearing um, online functionality for all games turns off eventually um, it's just a bit shit that they're all disappearing in one fell swoop, Dr. Luigi included
1: Um, Izzy, do you think because the Wii U is famously uh, the most forgettable console that has ever been? um, I think you'll find that Amstrad
2: GX 4000 (laughs) needs a (laughs) bit
1: sorry the 3ds surprised me a wee bit but uh izzy what what did you think of this how long will it take nintendo to just shut down the switch online as well two weeks
0: yeah i'm sure the dozens of wii u owners are very disappointed by this news but i think mike diver screaming (laughs) it is it is a shame though I i definitely think the the losing the online stores is definitely the worst thing in my opinion because you do lose access to a lot of games that are digital only like, I'll admit I'm not, I'm not that much of a like newer Nintendo fan um, like I grew up with like Game Boys and the GameCube and N64 and everything like that but then switched very much to like PlayStation stuff when I got older um, so I don't know the specific ecosystem that well but there definitely will be games on there that are like exclusive to those online stores and I think for a company like Nintendo as well, which very rarely puts its game, you know, like you know, we all know how expensive old Pokemon games are still. If you go into CEX, it's like eighty quid if you're trying to get a copy of Emerald or something, or like Black and White two. Um, we will
1: t- we'll talk after this, as <laughs> I've got a few things to tell you about
0: old <laughs> <laughs> So um, yeah, I think it's a shame that for a company like Nintendo that that doesn't seem to care about you know preserving its legacy by making old games cheaper. It also doesn't seem to care about preserving its legacy by just making sure old games are at the very least available, but then it also is very quick to um, you know get litigious as soon as people do start emulating or sharing emulations. Um, so yeah, it's a tricky one. I think it does. I think it's just another move that kind of sucks for consumers. You know, like if you're a retro gaming enthusiast. It, you know in 10, 15, 20 years someone's going to want to pick up a 3DS and a Wii U and be like oh what were the games of, of my father's day like you know and they're going to get told to go fuck themselves because you can't actually access any of that stuff anymore and I think that's going to be a real shame like I think yeah as an industry we, we just should just in adopt such a hurry to forget our history it's sad yeah I
1: think we should adopt the position of telling gamers to go fuck themselves more often Um <laughs> i think it's very notable that they're like we'll, we'll shut all this down but see this pokemon bank thing that's still making yeah, Pokemon I know, bank. I know, cheeky bastards
0: yeah. um i'm glad it, they have kept pokemon bank up though because i just caught a fucking feebas on my on my actual emerald cartridge and i was thinking like, oh i want to i want to i want to have an og feebas and take it through to like the newest pokemon game and so when i heard this news i was like oh god damn it that's that's a useless fish now but no i can still take it so good news it's just
2: so annoying that this nice. is the only medium where a large chunk of the art that's created can just suddenly disappear all of a sudden. It's like nobody mm. ever says, by the way, the fucking 1999 movie Deep Blue Sea starring LL Cool J suddenly isn't working anymore. You can't, you can't, your blue, your DVDs have suddenly stopped working for that. So you can't see Samuel L. Jackson being eaten by a shark anymore. It's like, th- th- this is like a, a, a big part of these games and the online functionality. And even if only four people are still playing the game, um, that's not to say that in the future, there might not be a, a group of fans or someone who might decide okay well tonight dig out your copies of can okay, sega superstar's tennis on the Wii and we're all <laughs> going to play multiplayer for 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 tonight only that can't that can't happen um so it's a shame it's it's the only medium the only major medium where this happens and unless unless there's some sort of massive overhaul and almost like a kind of almost like a wikipedia style like a, a community funded resource where servers can can stay online forever then it's going to keep
0: happening i think i can't remember where i saw it but someone suggested the idea that if a company is going to you know like shut down online functionality stop selling a game like restrict all access to it that game should kind of be made like a just public property. Yeah. like the source code should be out there you should be able to just like, okay now the game is like the company's abandoned it it's now yeah. fair play like anyone can download it for free anyone can do what they want with it mod it how they like like if you if you as a company don't want the game anymore you can't just you know like spit on it and throw it in the bin and stamp on it like just give it to the people and let them then do what they want with it to let them preserve it however they want i think that's quite a nice idea don't think it'll ever happen but <laughs> i think that would be something good to fight for
1: hmm uh Well, I think old uh, Nintendo games deserve to be put in the dustbin of history. After the break, we've got Assassin's Creed Mirage, Forza Motorsport, the first one, Detective Pikachu Returns, plus much, much more. My Doug is going fucking ballistic, so I'm going to take this uh, break to go and just let them run free. We'll be back in a minute.
0: Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable.
1: Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And we are back. Uh, for those worrying, uh, the dog has been uh, released. She's gone with uh, the, the pillow that she's absolutely eviscerated. That makes it sound uh, like you killed the dog. Is... Like Just to
2: clarify the, the no, dog is fine I, I couldn't that
1: dog weighs about 70 tonnes I couldn't kill that dog <laughs> Do we worry about XL bullies uh, I mean come on if
2: anything it was more likely the dog would be coming back with a headset on <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go back <laughs> it's an excellent dog impression Chris you get a lot of voice it's going to kind of scenes tied up at the moment so it's slim picking
1: he <laughs> <laughs> Assassin's Creed Mirage it's the it's the newest hottest assassin's creed game although it's not quite assassin's creed as we know it modernly it's not mm. one of these witcher 3 ripoffs. rip-offs it's assassin's creed like i know my assassin's creed uh. it's Ezio additore it's bloody altair it's whatever the guy in the third one was called <laughs> um what do you think of assassin's creed mirage
0: um i've mixed feelings about assassin's creed mirage i do i like the sort of stripped back approach um it's interesting because I think a lot of the same games that me and you have reviewed we tend to actually be quite aligned and I think this is one where we our scores have differed sort of more than usual um, mm. I, I'm a, in love with the setting you know like I'm half Egyptian so it's really great to see this series um, They kind yeah. of gave us one of like you know a big Arab um, AAA protagonist to like give us another one it, it is great to see that come back I think it's long overdue for a return to like the original setting um, but I think yeah, in like in scaling back a bit, it seems like they've gone a bit too far back. Like the parkour, for example. Like uh, the most recent Assassin's Creed game I played was Unity, and for all its flaws, it looked gorgeous and the parkour was flawless. You know, once all the bugs and were mm. right out. Um, whereas Mirage, like it's yeah, it's it's almost like it's kind of gone back to to like three and four and Brotherhood and stuff. So it still runs pretty well. But it's it's in the going down, like you know, in Unity when you do the parkour and you'd like to scale the buildings really quickly, that sense of flow has been lost a bit. Um, yeah, um, I, t-
1: I, t- I tend to agree, and especially because the so to to set this up, uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage is a it's a it's a spinoff of the main Assassin's Creed series. It's not it's not full price. Um, it's set in uh, 9th century Baghdad. You play as Basim, who's in the uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla and instead of a big sprawling rpg it is like assassin's creed assassin's creed 2 it's a pretty linear game and like assassin's creed assassin's creed 2 to parkour you you hold the stick forward and press a and you just kind of wander your way up there and there is a bit of awkwardness when you want to get down from a building and it's like okay i just want to go down there can i just jump it's like (laughs) no let's let's swing our ass around off the side of this and then do you remember as a child chris you'll remember this do you remember, did, did, I don't was, remember much was of being a, a, a dri- childhood so long ago? Yeah, it was in black and white. Was it <laughs> drippy I think? A Dreepy? Uh, for you. Uh huh. What did you call it when you'd climbed a fence and you had to get down the other side? So you just had to hang and like lower yourself down and drop down?
2: Um, I don't think we had a, a terminology for it. I get I, as a nerd, I would, I would have just considered it a, a Prince of Persia style climb down. No, I I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I had like. I don't think we had a name for it.
1: I didn't realise that drippy well, was I, the slang for it. Uh, it was called the DDP when I was born, but you essentially have to do something like that. And there's stuff like you'll be running through a building, and I don't know if you did this a million times too easy. You'll be running through a building, like chasing someone or something like that. you just run up somebody's like mantelpiece yeah. and be hanging off like the kitchen counter. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, I, yeah. It was, it was a bit. It was a bit uh, clumsy for you.
0: Yeah, it just it just lacked a bit of polish. I think I, I'm pretty sure it's uh, Ubisoft Bordeaux's first like time fully leading a game. Um, so you know I have to give them some credit and some leeway but also they do have the backing of Ubisoft behind them um, mm-hmm. and it's not like you know there's a lot of reuse of assets which I'm completely in favour of I think it's a great thing Like it, especially with something like Assassin's Creed it's nice seeing like oh I remember when they introduced that tree in Assassin's Creed 3 you know it's like it does kind of take me back and I like seeing the way they reintroduced those things and it I like the fact that I can look at this game and know okay this is a smaller game uh, you know only took about 17-ish hours to complete um, it's a cheaper price so it's it's a lot better for consumers the fact they've reused a lot of stuff means it was probably a lot better for the developers working on it as well like they could probably focus on other things but then I think those other things like the polish and like the writing um, don't seem to they're, they're not high quality enough for me to kind of justify yeah to like to justify the I'm, I'm very glad the game exists I just think it's to me, it feels like a bit of a disappointing waste of the setting. Like, because the music yeah. is banging. The music is top tier. It's this really infectious mix of, like, old kind of, you know, um Arab music mixed with, like, newer sounds to kind of give you that crossover of, like, Assassin's Creed has always been about, like, historical fantasy plus sci fi. So it really communicates that well in the music and in, like, the look of Baghdad. And then, yeah, you do get something where, like, you'll be walking through a crowd and someone will just trip over on nothing or, like,. You'll go and interact with a vendor and they keep doing their weird like waving over at random people animation while they're talking directly to you um yeah. so it's just a little... the
1: button to, to to buy stuff won't pop up yet and you'll just yeah i got i like... got that
0: bug as well come on yeah so it's just little things like that but i mean the 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 setting phenomenal um love all the arabic in it um i also really loved i think the missions were definitely like the highlight like the actual the actual structure of the missions they were a bit linear um but they were just so much fun like the stealth aspect of it all is a real return to like what we know and love um so yeah, yeah I, I did um, thoroughly enjoy a bit a actually playing
1: i thought the the missions presented themselves as much more non-linear than they ended up being like when yeah, the, so before each of the main missions you get a bit of a cutscene that is almost like the kind of uh good evening 47 your target <laughs> is this guy um and it sets up like you can go and get this guy however you want you won't really be uh, hamstrung but then when you get into it it's like okay they very clearly want you to do it this way there's maybe one of two ways to do it and if you break from that like so there's a mission um where you have to get into a prison to like meet a rebel leader and i was doing the the predetermined like opportunity um i fucked that up um and then I had to just kill every guard in the prison and then I couldn't find where I was meant to go so I was just running around like there's so many locked doors that are so they have this like barred door mechanic where to to gate progress in certain areas they'll just bar a door and then you have to find the one way to do it. You can't like blow that door up, you can't, there's no kind of immersive sim nature to it. And, and another one, uh there's a mission in a marketplace where you have to go and meet a merchant and assassinate them. Um Spoiler. and I did this mission I know. I did this mission in preview, so I knew how it worked and I knew what you needed to get into this final secret area to get the merchant. So I was like, hmm, if I just start this mission and go to get this credential, could I just skip all of this and kill her in two seconds? But no, if you go to get the credential, it just doesn't exist. All the people guarding the credential are there but there's not there's like a, a blank space on the desk where this asset hasn't been generated mm. yet and then once you go over this certain po- this certain conversation it pops into life so it's like mm, this is a bit more linear um than i'd hoped for but i suppose those as uh, those original assassin's creed games were pretty linear too
0: yeah that's what i mean like it, it is i think that's i think that's another thing what i mean by like you know it's too much it goes too far back like instead of evoking the feeling and the tone of those games it's kind of like trying it's almost like a remake of assassin's creed one but just with more varied missions um and yeah if they had taken more inspiration from hitman and really given you like a lot of ways to complete these challenges like you said you know if you already know oh i know this thing is here then when you replay the game you can just go and speed through an assassination yeah i think the main my main problem with the with those big assassinations was the identity of your like templar targets is hidden and most of the time they're not even revealed until like the actual mission itself and it just means you don't have any what i found i never had any time to like connect with why i was killing these people it was like you've got orders go off and kill these people that's it like that's your job you're an assassin you kill templars don't ask any questions just fucking get on with it mate and that's just it it's not a good enough motivation for me like altair had his honor to restore and was like climbing back up through the ranks um Ezio obviously had like you know he had to avenge his family and you knew your enemy like it was Rodri it was the Borgias like those were your enemies and you knew why you wanted to kill them and I think you know for for people who played Valhalla I hadn't but I did watch like an explainer of all the games I'd missed it was very detailed very good um it's like okay this is you know it's backstory on the scene but I think if I'd have played all of Valhalla like myself which as far as I'm aware is like a very long game I don't think I'd be that yeah, satisfied no,
1: on, no, no one on earth has played all of Valhalla <laughs> yeah. there's, there's parts of that map that's not been seen by human eyes
0: I don't think I'd be that satisfied with this story if um if I'd actually have played Valhalla I don't think it goes enough into the the into like where, where this game ends and where the scene in Valhalla presumably begins there's still room for another game um, and maybe that's Ubisoft's plan maybe they're gonna you know fill that out with DLC or make another game um, i do hope they reuse baghdad i think it's a phenomenal setting um and yeah like as an arab it's it's so great to see that setting come to life and be done with care and love and authenticity um and yeah not this sort of like you know it's not the middle east as some war-torn shithole it's the middle east as the cultural and poetic and scientific you know jewel of the world as it was in this golden era so it's not, it's yeah.
2: not team it's not team america basically <laughs> no
0: it's not, it's not it's not team america thankfully um i, but yeah. I could easily
1: see them be like okay that's we've built this bit of baghdad and then you, you just expand it expand it out a wee bit i don't want i don't want the topographical topographical map of the earth to be in an assassin's creed game again uh, but really. um yeah i think it's i think i enjoyed it a bit more than you did it worked for me it's probably i gave it a four out of five it's a light four out of five um I think it's a, a good kind of maybe a, a, that kind of you know, the Christmas gooch that period between Christmas and New Year. I think it's a totally fun one to just pop in there. I think it's a game, and the, I think this is an underrated element of some games. It's a game that you could work 100% quite easily without yeah. getting so bored of it. Um, see, that sounds that so, sounds yeah. ideal to me because that this, this is a series that
2: has mostly passed me by because when the first one came out, I was on a Nintendo magazine at the time, and as we all know, Assassin's mm-hmm. Creed Nintendo rarely kind of intersected until like the Wii U days where nobody gave a shit so uh, I didn't play, the only Assassin's Creed I played until recently was Black Flag because it launched on the Xbox One and there was fuck all out on the Xbox One Um, so I thought well this will be the one that will take a while so I'll stick with that and I love Black Flag but it sounds by all accounts like that was the perfect kind of middle ground between it was expansive, but not too expansive, like the way it became. Um, it was only this year I thought, well, I've got Assassin's Creed 1 in my backlog and I've had it there for like 15 years or whatever. Let's play that. I really enjoyed it like because I think because it's so basic and so linear and so unlike modern games, whereas I, I finished it in a couple of days. Is was like, good, that, that was good. I'll move on to the next one. And by all accounts, I know that's not the best in the series, but... Um, if if Mirage is more of the same kind of more linear stuff, like that's what I, that's what I'm looking for <laughs> as an old man who just wants to get through these things. <laughs> I'm up for it. Yeah,
0: and I think um, I think with the lower price as well, I think it definitely has a place. And I'm like I said, I'm very glad it exists. Mm-hmm. I just think I think even yeah, like without making it longer, with a bit more polish and with like a bit more of a of a motivational story, I think it could have been great. I think at the moment it's good, it's fine, it's yeah. A decent game, just a um, and yeah, definitely for die hard fans or for people who just prefer the older style of the Assassin's Creed games, I definitely recommend it. Yeah. Um, just wish they'd pushed it a little bit further. Mm.
1: There's still some fuel in the tank of Assassin's Creed. Speaking of fuel that's, in the tank, uh, that's a, the that's a, that's a he's off been thinking, off thinking of that. that I <laughs> no, no,
2: exactly, I see. It was just, you can see him just sitting there, like hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Look, we've ran out of road. Speaking of running out of
2: road, Forza Motorsport, Chris. You see, the perfect segue would have been when I spoke about the Xbox One launch, you could have said, also an uh, Xbox One launch game is Forza Motorsport 5. i just <laughs> a break. Speaking of
1: breaks, Forza Motorsport, Chris. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, yeah. Thanks.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's all the game is on just Tell me if the game is good That's all I have time that, for. Um, yeah. yeah,
1: this conversation is really stalled. Speaking of stalling, Chris, Thanks, Forza
2: Motorsport. Um, Forza is, uh, I, I was looking forward to this one for a while. Um, I, I like serious racing games but I'm not a massive petrol head like we've spoken at length about Gran Turismo's <laughs> fucking take a shot get the cafe out on Gran Turismo the, 7 the, the Gran Turismo 7 overdoes it where people yeah. are like you're sitting at a cafe and a guy turns up I see, see you're driving the Marcelago and then starts giving you the entire history of things created by <laughs> the history of like petrol okay. and like the man who discovered uh, the, the wheel was <laughs> Stephen Toyota was born in 1870s like, um, so like Forza isn't that extreme um, you still you still get like a you get like a headless narrator appears when you, you're picking some cars and says, no, "These cars are fast as fuck." By the way, and then you go, "All right." Then. Um, and then when you get on the road, it's like the 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 racing is fantastic. It looks insanely good when you, especially when you turn on the ray tracing. The handling is so satisfying. Like like on the road, it's probably one that probably the best kind of realistic racing game I've played. It's just off the road. There's not a lot. To it, there's a sing, there's a career mode called um, the Builders Cup, and what it basically is is just a load of five race series. So it's like here's a hatchback series, pick one and do five mm. races, and it's like points for a win. And then they go, okay, here's a touring car one. All right, here's an F1 car one, and that's it. And there's like maybe thirty of those, and that's your single player career. Um, and then when you go online, the online multiplayer mode, there's like one thing, and it's the same idea, it's like, here's the gimmick for this race, it's this type of car or this type of race Um, and you do it, it's almost like a race weekend you you, you get to practice, it basically says this race is starting at 20 past 3 and you go, okay, well it's 5 past 3 just now, so I'll do the practice and then you've got to do some qualifying laps before 20 past 3 and that establishes your grid on the race and then the race starts at 20 past three bang on so it's, it's nice, it's a nice way to do that, it's, it makes each race feel like a bit of an event um, but that's it, that, that's the only kind of, other than setting up your own private lobby that's, that's your multiplayer option and that's your single player option and there's no deviation from that so there's no like cone challenges and there's no drift races there's no drag racing and all that, there's no top gear test track and all the shit that was in previous Forza games it feels like this is the start of a well, they've, they've said this is the start of a platform that they're going to keep building on. So maybe in two years' time, we'll look back and say you can't move for stuff in this game. But for now, it does one thing really, really, really well. Um, and as long as you're okay with just that one thing, then party time. But don't go expecting something like Horizon, obviously, which is just like it throws a million things at you constantly. It's just like it's racing, and that's about it. Mm. The one thing, the one thing um, I do like, they've got a really cool the the. Um, levelling up system is quite cool. Like you, each car has its own XP up to level 50 and literally every you're graded on every turn because it's so nerdy about racing lines and all this shit that I mean, every corner you take, you're graded out of 10 and depending on how high you scored, you get more XP. So, And when you level up a car, you then get access to the parts to, to tweak it and all that kind of shit. So it, the idea is that you grow attached to your car the longer you use it and then you can start messing about with it as you do so that's a good idea like like it lets you care about the practice laps and the qualification stuff because the every every turn literally goes towards your progression but other than that it's like i love it but there's not a lot to it just now good game pass forward 100 it's it's apparently perm- you download it play a couple of races go on with your life and then in a couple of days time put it back on again this isn't a game you're going to spend. Unless you're reviewing it, you're not going to spend like 10-20 hours that I, I go like hammering
1: through it because it's just it's so repetitive. Mm, you you think the how long do you think before another horizon? How long do you think they leave it? A couple of years? I, I, two years. Uh,
2: uh, yeah. I, I don't. I, I don't. I, I've lost track of how long these things take. Um, speaking of losing track, the <laughs> um, the they, they, um, I just think. Uh, maybe the end of next year that's pure guesswork (laughs) I've no idea (laughs) I'm just conscious that Playground Games are now working on like properly full steam ahead on Fable as well and there's an illustration allegedly Um, any minute now but we'll see but um, yeah maybe next year maybe the year after who knows yeah um, yeah.
1: they're they're spending all that time reanimating that uh, trailer for for Summer Game Fest with like Richard Water, I, d- I, do, I do appreciate um, though
2: that there's not as much chat in this Forza. It's not like. The, 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 hey Jordan. I like The, cap- oh, the festival's her. kicking off. The, 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 I, uh, Would you I, like to As I for said a before, race? the crew motorsports, worse, uh, crew motorfest is worse <laughs> for that because they don't even use your name. It just goes, hi player. No, no, driver driver oh, not player sorry players are the, oh I wish it was, was player no was Head player hey <laughs> driver just swing around to that yeah <laughs> hey driver I'll take you to the next playlist she keeps going like it's a shame I'm not a human I'd love to drive that <laughs> fucking job <shut up. laughs> just let me raise. um so yeah so Forza Forza <laughs> keeps that light it, there's like a wanky intro at the start where the guys are feel the passion for racing you know uh, and then but after that it's just like it's pick your
1: car and go on but um. The of course, if, if the Croom Waterfest called you player, it would be like a going <laughs> no, to and I'd be I'd, I'd, I'd be, be all, all about that. that um. Cool. I'm I'm looking forward that that will be getting installed on my dad's Xbox Series S. However, he will still just play uh, NBA, uh, not NBA, PGA, uh, 2K. Fucking all he wants is a Mm. remake of fucking Tiger Woods 04 or something like that. (laughs) Just just, I should have just got got him a wee uh wee Engage and set him up with with it. Remember the Tiger
2: Woods one of the Tiger Woods games, and we're talking original Xbox GameCube era here. One of the Tiger Woods game's opened with that so it goes y'all gonna make me lose my mind up here and it's it, the here. most the I'll most like <laughs> tone deaf <laughs> intro for a Tiger Woods game and it had a guy in a kilt kind of like doing the slapping dance and all that kind of shit it's like imagine somebody's da buying this <laughs> going I just wanted a quiet <laughs> golf game <laughs> and I'm getting this shit um I see that yeah
1: that, that doesn't happen anymore I've noticed yeah well uh for our next game we've actually got a special guest um it's the man himself, Detective Pikachu. Oh, this, fic- is a, this is a visual feature, more than an audio one. Um, yeah, if you're not watching on YouTube, that, you're really missing out. <laughs> yeah, my, my life-size Detective Pikachu. is, that, is actually life-size. I mean, mm-hmm. as life-size is something that is fictional can be, but, you know, <laughs> it's it's this is just an attestment to how huge my head is. Detective Pikachu Returns, which is the sequel to the 3DS game that I honestly thought they had cancelled because they talked about it in, like, 2019, and then for years we would write stories, being like, "There's a Pokemon direct this week. They've got a they've got a Detective Pikachu game that they're just not speaking about." Um, but yeah, Detective Pikachu returns. Um, it's set in basically the aftermath of the first game, where the protagonist Tim Goodman is uh, is looking That's for his father. At the start, it? <laughs> <laughs> and the entire thing is uh, Tim Goodman can talk to this Pikachu, and Pikachu can talk to Pokemon, obviously. So Tim Goodman interviews the humans while Pikachu interviews the pokemon and they work on like solving crimes together. Tim, go- Tim Goodman and
2: Pikachu middleman.
1: The sound, the sound uh, yeah, Pikachu small <laughs> man, Pikachu is close to the yeah. ground, but Pikachu talks like this. Tim, we've got to go and save the pokemon. <laughs> we've got to go and talk to this Polyrath. Um a New Yorker, kind of. Yeah, pretty much um <laughs> I'm fucking walking yeah. here. Get the fuck out of the way, hit mom Lee. <laughs> um There's a Sorry, man There's a um So, here's the thing. It's a it's a really it's a really charming game. The writing's funny. It seems like it was a group of guys, whoever localized it was like, okay, let's let's have a laugh here. So when a new Pokemon pops up, there's a wee line underneath them. And and who is a Pokemon that uh takes refuge in apples pops up and it goes lives in apples, and I was like, "Right, okay, that's, that's quite funny. Like it, it, it works." But the the cases themselves are so so basic; they're so easy. You know what's happening immediately. It's very much kind of introducing young gamers to this style of game, this genre, and it does that well. It looks quite shit. Like it looks drab. It looks kind of locale- does it look like a, it, look know, like it like- might have been a three DS game? That's that's kind of so at the start of the game they show you a previously one that is 3DS footage and it doesn't look that different from the actual <laughs> game it's just a bit like it's a bit less anti-aliased um, so yeah that was a, a uh, the Pokemon look nice The, the it's nice to, oh the Pokemon say their name which is it, honestly that earned it a star because Pokemon saying their name has been something that I've needed them to put in the main series for generations but they've never done it just makes sense um, it just feels
0: right I just I like it yeah it,
1: it it gives them so much more personality mm. and it was actually it always used to be a thing watching the Pokemon anime when they'd introduce a new, po- new Pokemon and be like oh what's their name going to what's it going to sound like what's their voice going to sound like are they actually just going to say their name or are they going to have like a kind of do you know I think the only
2: it? time I can remember that happening in a game was Pokepark Wii which is one mm. of the worst games I might have played um, but they at least they at least <laughs> said their name on it and like you just walked about like yeah. an island doing like hide and seek and chase challenges with Pokemon and I've never been so stunned again when you approach a slowpoke and it <clears> says, do you want a, a, a catch me challenge? And you go, okay. And it says, three, two, one, go. And he just kind of slowly kind of walks away and you just walk over <laughs> and tap him and that's, that's the end of the mission. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's like, yeah. That sounds
1: better. Uh, 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 I mean, that sounds funny. I, I like that. that yeah, I, I appreciated it the human involved um, before pedants uh, come at me Pikachu has said his name in the main series for some while because he's Pikachu he's the name on the fucking box yeah, when, you, when, you P- choose, when you choose him he goes Steven <laughs> 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 I'm Brian um, <laughs> and, and I, f- I think in Let's Go Eevee also says their name because this was an era where they were trying to make Eevee and Pikachu the same like You can't do it simply can't do it Um, but yeah it's fine. It's a total kids' game. I enjoyed it. I, I, it it shan't live long in the memory. However, they should bring back more Pokemon spin-offs. Do you remember mm. the the Pokemon slash Nobunaga's Ambition <laughs> spin-off, Pokemon that's Conquest,
2: like, Chris? That's, you must have been all about that. Asking you, you know? for a for a, re, a remake, surely? If, if Nintendo's because it's like, about a billion based, pound to buy it. Nintendo's hand. rinsed the Wii U thoroughly now. Well, Star Fox Zero, that stuff. Yeah, Star Fox Z aside. Um they're at the dregs now of what they could re-release on the Switch they need to start turning into the 3DS um, and, and start remastering some of those that's a perfect candidate because um, it's just so weird it's such a weird game and like you say it costs a fortune now so it's, it's easy money I think um, yeah the, the the days of the Pokemon like Pokemon Dash that weird
1: kind of racing yeah. game Pokemon Troisee
0: I'd love to see Pokemon Colosseum get remade I know it's a lot more in yeah. line with what the games are but that was those games are so cool. I was so like so just playing a Game criminal Freak. just stealing Pokemon. That was sick.
1: Game Freak has a massive stick up that arse about uh, Coliseum and XD Gale of Darkness because they weren't really involved in it. Oh, and they, oh. So it has been pretty much like Junichi Masuda or yeah, I think it was Masuda was asked about it and he just laughed and he was like, "No, no, we're not, <laughs> not going to revisit those games." <laughs> in this um, over, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> That was with Coro Coro magazine <laughs> as well. Oh, no. <laughs> Usually very different to the Pokemon <laughs> company, but yeah, the I, I agree. It would be. I bet when they eventually, and I say this as if I'm not an absolute clown who actually believes this, when they eventually start putting old Pokemon games and shit on um, Nintendo Switch Online, stuff like XD Gilded Darkness and Coliseum, there they will be getting thoroughly, thoroughly what about ignored. Pokemon Channel. Um, oh, <laughs> Pokemon Box. <laughs> 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 um it was, so Pokemon Box was is also an incredibly expensive game now because it didn't say it was. it came out in like the down era of the Pokemon like Ruby Sapphire. obviously Gold and Silver was the peak of Pokemon's powers and then Ruby and Sapphire was like, Bew! so when they did Pokemon Box, which wasn't a game, it was just a box you could put on the GameCube um for like storing Pokemon, um it sold fuck all. Uh, bring back Pokemon Ranger. Come on. Yeah,
2: uh, that's about? the problem is like, without the touch screen. Like as as a as a the only input source and that might
1: struggle a bit. But like you can really play that on the telly, well, surely. <laughs> no, probably not. It's a f- it is a piss take that the Pokemon trading card game online is not on Switch. It would fit perfectly on the Switch screen. Like there's no reason that's not on there. What about Pokemon um, Picross Pokemon It's good to be a game.
0: I'm sure you lot are just making up games now. <laughs> <laughs> Pokemon, Pokemon Pinball, some of the best. What about best Pokemon Catcher in, in the eye? That was a weird crossover. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> I wasn't really expecting
1: that. <laughs> yeah. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Gates to Infinity, come on now. Um, Pokemon, <laughs> Pokemon. You, you've joined us in, in naming Pokemon games a, a regular
2: weekly podcast <laughs> where we just say Pokemon games over and over again uh, this week uh, oh, Pokemon get Pinball. comfy because
0: the next hour is just this <laughs> no,
2: Exactly. if you were expecting like a wee, a wee Spider-Man tease or some Call of Duty Modern Warfare beta codes you might as well just stop now because we're just going to talk about Pokemon now um, for, for the rest of this podcast we're just going
1: to name games um, I mean that's not even when you get into the Puck series of Pokemon games that are the Japanese exclusive ones like Pokemon Batrio and stuff and, like and, that and, and, I mean, and, and dare we
2: forget the Pokemon Mini handheld um, with it's not own of little selection of, of micro games
1: Pokemon Puzzle League come on now they were just slapping Pokemon on fucking anything back in the late 90s gentlemen back. Pokemon Rumble we are, we,
2: remember, remember, yeah, Pokemon remember the Wii U, U one they had it, yeah. figures for it you could buy I've still got uh, them right. oh do
0: you? Much. Do you remember that you want, that Digimon Rumble Arena game? That was phenomenal. I played that to death with my mate over at his house.
2: And I, I never dabbled with Digimon.
1: Was that the the fighting game? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It was like Smash Bros, but for oh, Digimon. That mate, was sick. This has just unlocked something oh, in my mind. That was phenomenal. I yeah. might no, I've got some Digimon game on PS One, but I need to get that Digimon gaming game again because that was so much fun see I never I believe, have, I, believe
2: stuff. I believe as the kids put it I never fucked with Digimon as they, as they say so, <laughs> I, 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 so much, uh, um, although Pokemon was just just past my time as well because I was like 18 when Pokemon started so I was like I, I was too cool for school there
1: um, we all live in a Pokemon world Chris
2: <laughs> what was that Pokemon Tekken
1: one Pokken Poken was, tournament yeah. said. oh shit I never
0: thought is that why it's called Pokken
1: I think so yeah, yeah.
0: Oh my god! Yeah.
1: I feel stupid. It's the nicest looking Pokemon game ever because yeah. it was made by because <laughs> it wasn't made by Game Freak. The, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, not made by the absolute charlatans, <laughs> of Game Freak. Um, okay, doc. Um, as trailed at the start of this podcast, um we have beta codes for the Call of Duty Modern Warfare Three beta, which is running soon, um and we have five of them to give away. Oh, if yeah, you would no. like a Call of Duty modern warfare 3 beta code listen then carefully beta, listen up email podcast at videogameschronicle.com and in the subject line write mw3 beta mw3 beta and i would like you to tell me your favorite pokemon i will pick five and i will send you beta codes they are for the playstation 5 if you do not have a playstation 5 I don't give a fuck. You're not getting one. Um, I should, I should, I should probably,
2: probably point out that there's no right answer here. Even, even though the actual right answer is Psyduck, you, you can say any any anyone mm. you like, and nobody nobody's, nobody's going to yeah. judge you. Galade, mate. G'lade's Unless it's Trubbish, which is uh, the, objectively the worst Pokemon ever.
1: Oh, Trubbish is just a wee guy.
0: He, he's cute. Trubbish nice came boy, when they were yeah. running out of
2: ideas for Pokemon, and a guy, the the character designer, just sat back and went, Ugh, looked at the corner well, of the room and saw Ben, and went, "There we go."
0: that's bollocks no, in gen probably. one you've got grimer and muck they're just slime you've got a literal fish birds a magnet yeah. a ball like they've always
1: the glory like, days the glory days
0: yeah <laughs> they, they've always they've always just made like random objects and animals pokemon no rubbish is a nice wee man anyway Modern warfare
1: 3 beta code email podcast at videogameschronicle.com with mw3 in the subject line tell me your favorite pokemon and I will send five of them out. That's podcast at video games Uh I don't I'm actually I'm checking things now. I'm checking there's there's lots of things in the ether. Um I'm scrolling down my Twitter account and it's a lot of um a certain uh twat getting suspended by GB News. <laughs> but more importantly, I'm playing Spider Man two. I can talk about it on October sixteenth, which is the next week. But the following week, so October 16th is a Monday, you will receive in your podcast feeds a special review podcast for Marvel Spider Man 2. I will assemble some of the UK's most available games journalists to talk about Marvel Spider Man 2. That's Spider-Man a lot of hype 2. for
2: a 2 out of 5 but, game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the opinions of Chris Gillian do not reflect efficiency. You should stress, have it, I haven't it it signed an embargo. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but. Until then, Izzy, tell us where we can find you. You can find me on Twitter, at Veeds Tweets, and you can also find me over on Dot Esports.
1: How is the Dot Esports life? Are you talking a lot about... (laughs) Ninja, <laughs> about Ninja every day. <laughs> <laughs> Is it PewDiePie um, the kids like these days? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is it FaZe Clan? Is there a lot about the FaZe Clan. i uh, you know. What's Nade shot doing? As
0: as someone who was absolutely not an esports journalist going into it, it has been pretty cool seeing like the passion for the scene. There, I mean, I went to uh, what was it Red Bull Campus Clutch uh, in Rio, not Rio, in Sao Paulo last year. Um, so that was my first ever like actual esports experience and I can't lie like live it was wicked it was really good fun so yeah it's been cool learning more about the industry and like the way the players they they are like celebrities you know like those the esports pros it's it's how you two like were talking about football is how people talk about esports so it is really cool to see I like the I like the um, you know it's it's given serious coverage and stuff like that. I mean, my my girlfriend's sister is actually the one who she is so into Valorant. She I've always tried to get her to write for us. So I'm like, you know more about Valorant than I do. Like, please, please come and work for us. And she just won't. She just enjoys it as a fan. But yeah, no, it's been interesting seeing a different side of the industry. Um, yeah. yeah, she she refuses to support the sadistic
1: nepotism that you're trying to promote here. <laughs> um, I, these are, it was so funny because when I saw you were in Brazil I'd, I'd message you be like are you also on a complete dust to Brazil like I was a couple of years ago um, Brazil was quite nice man yeah. I've seen get over there, you're offline I you'll, you'll do flying. the 12 I, hours i, I will free. fly to
2: Japan and occasionally to Canada for my wife's family but that's that's the line
1: <laughs> your wife's family in Japan?
2: no wife's family yeah. in Canada
1: there's, there's a secret family <laughs> in Japan. secret wife, secret family <laughs> <laughs> anyway check out vgc on youtube and tiktok on tiktok it's vgc underscore news i made the mistake of asking people for their controversial gaming opinions and i would react to them so i have about 100 comments of some of the worst builds you've ever held but i'm looking forward to going through that uh rest of the week uh, honestly there the, the might be fuck all the rest of the week we put up like we put up three reviews so yesterday hey, you, you, uh, no. be, yeah. you'll be lucky if I write anything tonight I'm to the yeah. list. Let's, just, let's, let's face it um yeah um but until next week, we'd like to thank the great Grant Kirkhope for the use of the VGC podcast theme song. Um, I believe Grant's going to EGX. If you're if you're heading down EGX way in a couple of weeks, um, tell him that the VGC podcast is great uh, greatest. What? <laughs> <laughs> Get him to sign a vinyl copy of the VGC podcast theme. Um, you can follow myself on Twitter at Jordan Midler, Chris at Scully eighteen eighty eight, and Izzy at VeedsTweets. Uh, Say goodbye, Chris. Chris. Say goodbye, Izzy. Goodbye, Izzy. And we'll see you next week.
0: VGC, a video games podcast, is a Stack production and part of the ACAST Creative Network.